for tuning back into the SNS podcast. My name is Charles Turo. I am the host of the show. This is my show, the Seriously Not Serious podcast. Uh, sorry it's been a while. Uh, things have been a little crazy around here and uh, haven't been able to put up these episodes as much as I want. So thank you for tuning in and, and sticking with the show. Back on the show today, comedian and actor Reggie Raw. Uh, you may remember a couple episodes ago, Reggie was on the on the program here, and we had a, a pretty good conversation, interesting, uh, deep, I thought, uh, deeper than some, because, you know, we're really just two guys talking, and that's kind of my favorite avenue, uh, my favorite way to conduct these podcasts, just to have a real-life conversation with somebody without many uh, pretenses or, or uh, prerequisites of what we're going to talk about, just kind of let the conversation flow, and Reggie's a great guy to do that with, uh, very intelligent insightful and definitely has a way of looking at things through a, a comics eye that uh, I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, this episode was recorded a while back and my apologies to Reggie and, and to you the listeners that this didn't come out sooner but uh, here we are. Here we are folks. Uh, without any further ado, well let me put one little delay in there. You can check out Reggie on IMDb and Instagram, and check out his work, his his catalog of work, which is really getting uh, extensive. He's he's a working actor, a hustler, trying to get out there and do things, and uh, he's definitely accomplishing that. So check him out, Instagram, IMDb, and uh, check out your local listings for comedy shows if you're in the Baton Rouge area. There's a, a good chance you'll you'll find Reggie performing. Uh, at a at a comedy night here in Baton Rouge. So now, without any further delay, here's Reggie and I talking about uh, man all kinds of stuff. Just uh, just listen. Hope you enjoy. He's a cool cat because I think he has a a, a good product mm-hmm. with all of his uh, his radio background, and he has a way of speaking that's conducive to that, very to the point, yeah. uh, sharp. Uh, so for his podcast, and then he, he, he does it, he's loyal once a week, does it at the same uh, same spot, has different guests, a lot of, a lot of Baton Rouge comedians mm-hmm. and everything. He, he, but yeah, that, that's what he did. That was a while back. He, he was cool. You say he's more like a radio guy? He's got that, he, or he has that radio personality down pat? He's on radio the radio voice. a lot. Yeah, and he has it, dude. He's just got, he's just one of these dudes that's, you know, uh, I guess if you're going to be in, in like TV news or radio, mm-hmm. uh, you kind of have to be the man about town. Yeah. And Jeremy, he definitely is that. He, he's the man about town. He's always going to some shit, posting mm-hmm. some shit. Mm-hmm. He has the, 
the Redstick website and, you know, all of his stuff. And, yeah. He's is there, like, guy. a magazine out that he's a part of, too? Website. Or? It's the it, Well, the Redstick is uh, kind of like a local onion. Yeah. You know, like what the onion does, the satire type shit. Mm-hmm. That's what they do, but it's around, you know, I mean, he he runs it from what I know. You okay. know him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the first person that gave me my shot at comedy. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Come on. How did that happen? Uh, it was at the Red Stick um, um, Comedy Club off of Florida and 3rd Street. He was running that place. He was the guy that was running that place. He was like the Robert Rao of that place. That was his That was his venue. You got to get... Uh, I might have to move that and get you closer. That's fine. Yeah, there you go. I know, right? There How's you. that? Yeah, that's that better. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he was the guy that was running it at the time. Jeremy so, White. Yeah, Jeremy White. Really cool guy. Right? Cool guy. Yeah, real cool. Real cool guy. I haven't seen him in a while. I um, he was at uh, Mike Connery's listening party. Oh, really? Yeah, I ran into him over there. Okay. He fucking didn't remember me. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> really? He sat right where you're sitting. Just like. Uh, hey. Well, he like, and Mike Honoré are like that, you know? Really? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, you know? I mean, I know Mike's always on a show, but I didn't know, I didn't know the, the personal thing. Like, Mike is a guy that I personally, I really, really like. Mm-hmm. I think he's fucking so funny and so smart. Yeah. But uh, I don't have that type of relationship with Mike. Mm-hmm. So I have another message him on Facebook or something, and he's eh, well. Mike's a whatever. really cool guy. He's a really neutral guy, and he's one of those guys. So I don't even think he has an enemy. He's just mm-hmm. one of those people that is just so cool. Like he, I talked to him before in the past. Like he comes without the bullshit in the comedy game. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He, he he's one of those people. He's not a diva. He's funny as hell. He's personable. He he's a really likable guy. Yeah. He and is. that's how that's how he is. He was one of those people that pretty much encouraged me after my first night. And I've like you've always been like, okay, good job. You're growing and all of this. He's always been giving you like like giving you good feedback. Mm-hmm. Positive feedback. I mean if he'll tell you that you know you're doing this wrong, it's not nothing malicious or anything to tear you down. But he right. was more of a of um whoever Whoever he came behind must have taught him how to uplift other comedians because that's all he's ever done. Sure. I've never seen him tear a comedian down. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've, I, doing this, I've tried to reach out to um, other podcasters. Like when you look at, like, say, the, you know, the, the bigger names being the upper echelon, you know, you, you might say, man, if, if you could be uh, Kevin Bacon, mm. like, you would probably take that career in a heartbeat and be like, man, I'd, and somebody like that would say, Reggie, let me tell you how to do you. Oh, great, man. Thank you very much. I've heard that that's how podcasting is supposed to be. When you listen to these, you know, the Adam Carolla's or Rogan or Marin or whoever else, you know, radio lab, all of these things that, that are supposed to be promoting this community. Mm-hmm. I find that locally, uh, a lot of them aren't. They're um, maybe it's me, mm-hmm. maybe it's it's my approach or personality or something or something. But I, I find that it's not as welcoming as I thought it was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I find it funny, man. It's like who I don't know if it's like who's the new guy who does this uh-huh. weird shit uh-huh. or. Who the fuck do you have on? Because I don't. I try not to do podcasts with just 
friends, though sometimes you do have to resort to it. But I go out, and, man, I've had people from Pennington Biomedical Research Center mm-hmm. on the show, John Foltz mm-hmm. on the show, uh, college professors, like things that I want to talk about, things mm-hmm. that I read mm-hmm. each and every day and say, there's somebody here that does that that maybe I can get a hold of and talk to about it. Yeah. A lot of people are willing, but when I talk to other podcasters, it's maybe the only people that have podcasts are comedians, and I'm not in that world. Yeah. Does that make sense? It makes sense. I'm ignorant about the whole podcast scenery. Really? So, yeah, I don't really, but, but I'm, I, I guess it's a breath of fresh air that they're catty in this business, too. <laughs> you know? Right. Because <laughs> yeah, you just yeah, think yeah. that the, you know, the, the stuff that you do, that um, people are just catty in that area, but it's, it just trickles down to every, everything. You know what I mean? I didn't know it was like that with podcasts as well. So let me get this straight. It's like the OGs, the people that's really doing it in podcasts, they'll actually look down on the new guy. Do they actually listen to your podcast or do they say, hey, you can't touch this because, you know, I'm doing it and it's on a level to where you don't you would never understand. That I don't know. I don't know if it is uh, that I'm not that I'm not in that in that world because, like you know, I I draw a distinct difference between the Red Stick podcast, which. Jeremy White does. Right. And what uh, Chase and Josh do mm-hmm. with their podcast mm-hmm. uh, versus, uh, you know, I don't know, pick, pick something. I think that I, the, the Mark Marin Joe Rogan model is what I aspire to. I want to sit down and I want to have a real conversation with somebody. Mm-hmm. And however it, it flows, it flows. I want to hit my my few points, which yeah. I only make a few, mm-hmm. and that's it. I'm done. I want to know the person sitting across from me. That's burned me sometimes with guests, and <laughs> I mean, and and it's it's helped me sometimes with guests because I have something really interesting that I want to find out. Yeah, and it, but for whatever reason, say in the comic world. If you show up to just go see another comedian perform, mm-hmm. just hang out, mm-hmm. maybe you get to do something, maybe you don't. Podcasters, I don't think, are like that. I've reached out to lots of them. I've never been reached out to. Okay. I, it, it's more, it's not necessarily like a, I, so I, I don't know the motivation to it. So when you it's, reached it's out, more, they, did, they did respond when you reached out, right? Sure, yeah. I mean, Mike's been on twice, okay. uh, and he does kind of a, a circuit of things because mm-hmm. he's, you know, Mike's working, man. Mike Mike wants to get out there. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've reached out to, uh, you know, a couple other people, but I've never been reached out to. Okay. And I don't know if it's just, for, for some reason, I feel like I've been getting the cold shoulder, mm-hmm. but I can't tell you the reason why. Well, I can't. I don't know if I'm not steeped enough in some sort of scene that I'm not aware of. Mm-hmm. Uh, therefore, I'm just like some sort of outsider afterthought, something. Mm-hmm. 
And how long you been doing this? Shit. Two and a half, three years. Two and a half, three years. That still sounds kind of new, right? It sounds kind of new, and what, what's difficult for me is the types of people that I want to interview are, uh, number one, I think harder to get. Okay. Uh, number two, a little, maybe a little heady. So if I, if I say, Reggie, I want, I want you to, uh, you and I are going to do a podcast, Okay. And uh, we're just going to talk shit about what happened at the comedy club every week. That's one thing. That's one genre. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to talk about that. Like, mm -hmm. I'm interested in it. Mm -hmm. And I can go to a comedy show and find out what's going on each and every week if I want to. But personally, there are bigger things out there that I want to think through. I want to talk to you somebody give them, about. You want to give your audience a variety of stuff. Yeah, right. I, like I think, tell tell me if this is what it works like in comedy. I think I want to find things out. I I want to uh, to test my own perceptions. Okay. And find somebody out there that can tell me whether I'm right or wrong, and I can learn from that. Okay. So I interview like this uh, uh, doctor, uh, uh, Courtney Patterson, worked at Pennington Biomedical Research Center, does these like weight loss studies, man, fucking PhD, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. real heady. I don't do any of that. I have no idea, <laughs> right? Right. But I read. Yeah. I'm not stupid. Yeah. So I come and I say, well, like calories, you know, what the fuck, man? Tell me about it. Educate yourself. Yeah. Right. It, it, tell me. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I know. Uh, what's going on with this shit? And okay. then she tells I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's, to me, it's interesting. I want to find out what, I want to test what I'm interested in uh -huh. and hope that my audience finds me. Okay. I don't think I want to go and say what's popular. Mm -hmm. And gear towards that i think i want to say this interests me this person that i'm talking to has an opinion right or uh, an expertise mm -hmm. in some sort of way that i want to find out more about and i'm hoping that an audience will say no shit i never thought of that right i, I want to find out that too. too yeah yeah that's the route i'm going yeah and the thing about you know comics and uh, uh, Jeremy and, and you know some, some of these other people uh, they do look at things in such different ways that's what makes the mundane or the serious or the tragic funny mm -hmm. because there is a different way to look at it that a lot of times I relate to it's like no shit this is absurd yeah. Why do we all go along with this? Mm -hmm. This makes no sense. Does that make sense? No, it makes sense. I'm following you. Yeah. I'm following you. I'm guessing like it's just like finding your audience. Just like anything that you do. Sure. Like I can let me say, like, as a comedian, when you first when I first started off, I was basically telling jokes like comedians that I've always admired. But it really wasn't my voice because I thought that was something that the audience may have wanted to hear. And in time, I found my own voice, my own comfort zone, and people flocked to it. Right. 
you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not an expert on podcasts and stuff at all, but I'm guessing like two, three and a half years or something like that, that's still relatively new. And people Could will be. tune in and you definitely give like different, like, you know, different interviews with different people about right. different things and people will flock to it. Just, it's, 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 it's growing your base. Sure. It's growing your base. And I don't expect anybody like that's been in the game for a while to let you do it because people always feel like you're trying to take over something that they started or created when they when, when they're really not the ones that started or created it. But right. they are, but, but they but they get people get territorial with shit, especially if they have a fan base and you hear somebody else is doing what you're doing. It's like, oh, he's trying to be like me. Right. Yeah. No, I I get that. I mean, I guess that's why I've, I've asked other podcasts. I'm like, hey, man. I, I'll fucking plug you all day. Yeah. Like I've listened to you. I like you. Yeah. I want to promote what you're doing. And uh, hey, man, I'm giving you all the props in the world. Everything's a competition, man. Yeah, but I mean, you know, unfortunately, you don't see it that way, right? But the big picture is it's all a competition. Sure, sure. And you have to have that mentality like it's a competition. I know. I don't. I don't think that's your personality, but right. you have to look at it that way. Right. That it's. They're looking at it like it's a competition. If they don't take you seriously enough to reach out to you or to talk to you about what it is you're doing, it's because they think that they're on a level that you're not at right now. Mm. They don't reach out that way. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. So I don't yeah. know how that can help you in the future, but just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. Well, it's definitely a different way of looking at things for sure. Because I find that, that uh, a lot of people that are local... When I say local, I mean state or, or, or Gulf Coast area that have something to promote that doesn't have anything to do with podcasting. Yeah. They're just kind of making the rounds. Mm-hmm. Very willing. Like, yeah. Like, hey, cool, man. Thank you. I'll, you know, definitely, you know, come on. And I'm like, promote it. I don't care. You're an actress or a fashion designer or a professor or whatever the fuck. I don't care. <laughs> that's like, what it's here for, it, right? It's, yeah, that, that's what this is here for. <laughs> Plus, I'm interested. I have legitimate questions. And, man, I found out that... Uh, people have said that uh, oh you should you should talk to this person and I'll send you the information and I'll look at it and mm-hmm. I'm like not not interested this is not interesting to me okay. so I don't say like I'm not interviewing this person you sent to me but it just doesn't go anywhere right I'm not interested in this yeah interview. but yeah. Th- there are other things that I never thought I would be interested I interviewed uh, fucking Miss Louisiana right beauty pageant. What's her name? When Candace Benet. Okay. Uh, lives in the world. Miss Louisiana finished like in the top fifteen or top ten. Is she a blonde? For no brunette. Okay. For Miss, look, that's her. Oh, nice. Right. Nice. Yeah. Uh, went to the whole pageant and all that shit, <laughs> and like made it to all. These was that things. when it was over at the um, River Center? The uh, thing that Donald Trump was running? Yes. Was that, okay. That was it. Okay. And what was her talent? What did she do? Looked pretty. <laughs> you don't remember? <laughs> I don't, I don't it's remember a beauty show. It's a beauty show. So you didn't pay I, attention I, to the talent portion. My, my, I got you. Yeah. My, my apologies. <laughs> my apologies to, uh, to Miss Benet. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it, I found myself thinking that I don't know anything about this. Yeah. And here are my, this is what I think about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had some legitimate questions for it, and I found that to be very interesting, very enlightening. Like, it 
it, it's a thing. Yeah. Uh, she's, you know, a fucking Tulane man going to law school. She's mm-hmm. a dummy. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the people that I, that I enjoy talking to. Like, hey, man, I've got my prejudices and beliefs, and what I want to do is find out something more about this. Okay. And, uh, yeah, like well, I never thought I'd be talking to a beauty queen. Right. Right? Right. But, like, once you start talking to them, like, Fuck, I got a shitload of questions now. Right, you realize there's more to a beauty pageant than just the beauty part of it. Sure. Right? Because, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you want to be a male stripper? Hey, man, you got a six-pack? Right. If you don't, go fuck yourself. Right. You ain't doing it. Right? There's a lot of Nobody's work Nobody's going to pay for that shit. shit, right? Right. There's a lot of work into that shit. <laughs> you got to put in the work. Mm-hmm. You're right. <laughs> Yeah, the fucking women that go in there, man, they see pot bellies all day. They don't mm. want to see one on stage. Right. They want to see the fantasy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you ain't you ain't getting nowhere. You can so what is the, the like like what is the uh, uh, the strip clubs? Um, the, the, the Chippendale is that is that it? Sure, that's probably like the most famous. Uh, that's the only one that I can think of. Yeah, right, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, had, I had a girlfriend, and uh, there used to be like a a male review at the Texas Club or something. Okay. And so I don't know, once a month, every couple of months or whatever, they have like some male strippers go. Okay. So I've been to one of those shows once and uh I don't know. I you mean, think they make as much money as the women do? No. 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 Not at all. No. Otherwise Now they, women are really freaky now, you know. They sh- come out there with their pocketbooks empty now. <laughs> they do, but tell me if you see male strip clubs on the side of the fucking road. No. No. In every city. No. No. Mm-mm. They don't. They just they just don't. No. It's not a it's not a dudes are gross. Right? <laughs> and, and then they're depressing. Like if you go into a strip club, mm-hmm. it's kind of depressing. It's like these lonely fucking dudes. Yeah. Every night. Yeah. Or every week or whatever it is, seeing the same, you know, five or six local dancers mm-hmm. and they act like they don't see him. At the fucking Walmart or the Circle K, right, right. It, it's it's just a different thing. This is women. No, those, those guys. No. So they don't make as much money. Like, yeah. I would imagine not. I mean, I don't know. Right, but no, right. they they can't. Oh, it's one of those things. I think because it's like you know, a, if you're a in fee- New York or Los Angeles, maybe, or maybe like in Vegas or something Vegas, like that, yeah. where that shit is popular. Yeah, but no, yeah. you don't see that shit. In- no, Boise may have a night mm-hmm. once a month that does shit like that, but fuck no. Man. Yeah. Okay. You can't pay your rent doing that shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't pay your shit. Unless Jackson, you're a stripper cl- um, slash escort or something like something, that. Yeah. You got to be doing a little something extra. You got to be something real. Than just seedy. like slapping yeah. your wiener in her face and shit like that. <laughs> like, it's got to be something extra. This ain't the dancing bear. Right. <laughs> <laughs> got to be a little bit extra. Yeah. Doing yeah. something strange for some change. Yeah. yeah. I got it. No. I just don't think women are that way. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's why they don't fucking, I don't, I don't, it's so strange. Women will do porn. Mm-hmm. Most don't watch it. Really? The women that do porn don't watch it? Or just women in general? Women in general. Man, I don't know about that, do man. Do you catch, all right, your guy, do you ever catch your woman on her cell phone watching porn and you walk in the room and go, what are you doing? She, oh, fuck, no, I don't no. know, nothing, click, no. click. Nope, nothing. No, but I listen to the D.L. Hughley show, okay? Uh-huh. And they do these like these these studies and stuff. You know, I don't know how true it is because I haven't caught 
a woman like watching porn like that. Maybe they're, maybe they're a little more clever than we are with the shit. But the study was saying that women watch it just as much as we do. I don't believe that for a second. Yeah, I don't believe it. Well, with my own eyes, my own experience, I haven't seen that shit. Uh, now I've had another. You know, I've had a girl over where I was watching porn just to try to set the mood, right. and she would roll over and she'll see, "Oh, you watching porn?" And then she'll turn over like she's not watching it, but the whole time she's kind of glancing at it through the um, mirror or whatever. To and she's like, "Okay, well, why did you stop it? I thought you didn't want to see it." Right. Right. But but. I guess you're right. They don't watch it as much as we do. If they do, they're like like they're really good at hiding it, you know. If they do, but I think that they don't. We would have caught them. Yeah. Yeah. They, they yeah okay. They All right. They okay. <laughs> maybe it's the dude. Chicks don't want to see other chicks gagging on cock, fucking tears <laughs> coming out of their eyes. You know what I mean? They don't want to see fucking squirting and saying, "Yeah, well, I can't squirt. What the fuck?" Yeah. They Until they squirt in your mouth, right? You see, it's like. Oops! What was that? It's like, yeah, they, they don't I thought you couldn't do that. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. you special <laughs> dudes are just that. We just, I think it's too aggressive. And when you put that aggressiveness in a in a outer body experience, mm-hmm. it does. That's no good. I think it's the pressure of like. You know the performances we see these women and these pornos do that we put it on our women that they feel that they need to do that shit. True, but I always wonder, like, what about the guys? I mean, you get to see fucking twelve-inch cocks. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, and the dude's going on for an hour. Yeah. Me? No. Hell no. no. Man. Man, look, that. listen, listen. <laughs> if if you gotta fuck for an hour. You don't know what the hell it is you're doing, or she don't have no good pussy. Something, that makes right? sense. Yeah, it makes an sense. hour. It makes I mean, sense. come on. It makes sense. You don't know what you're doing, so I mean, hell, twenty minutes is a compliment. Five minutes is a compliment. Just get the first one off. It's a. It's <laughs> five minutes. Yeah, five yeah. minutes. The first one, okay. Now when you get to the second one. You know, you get your thirty minutes, then you know you're really bringing it on home. But it, shit, it, an it, hour. That's a job. Come sec- the hell on. Sex between minutes. It, it's a cruel joke because. Uh, if you start having sex and your girl comes in two minutes, that's a win. Oh yeah, for a guy. Yeah. Oh, if you come in two minutes, a loser. You a fucking two pump chump. Yeah. And you know, but you, you know you what? No good. No, what, what, There's you nothing know what? wrong with a quickie, but I mean, you know what I mean? Like you're right. But if you go, if you do two minutes. And then you come, and then like it's a snooze fest. Like, okay, honey, I'll see you tomorrow. Type shit. Then I can understand. <laughs> but you go two minutes, and you're like, let me get that out of the way. Sure. Now we're going into overtime or whatever sure. like that. Then that's a different story. Sure. I don't feel bad about a two minute nut. You know what I'm right. saying? Because I'm looking at you like, hey, fuck, you were great. Like, like that's a compliment that you got me off that fucking fast. If it takes an hour and you're and she's dry as hell now that you've been humping and thumping for a fucking hour, something's wrong with you. That was your fault. Right. That's just that. Reggie, I'm gonna take a whiz. You want to keep talking or Do you, you want to pause it? Yeah, uh, you can pause it. I got the bladder of a squirrel, man. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to stop it. But yeah, it, I think guys kind of got a raw deal on on that aspect. Yeah, I'm good. I already refilled. Wow. Oh, shit. Look at you. I'm already ahead Fucking, of you. Yeah, you go. Sprite, <laughs> Fuck the Sprite, right? No, I put Sprite in it. Did you? Yeah, I did. No, you didn't. 
I did. I marked the bottle. Dude, well, then you didn't mark it right. I really no. put Sprite in there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's just... So, here's another thing. Years ago, I worked for uh, an alarm company, and we did, you know, Hearts in Baton Rouge? The, yeah, the yeah, sex yeah. shop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they sell all that shit, and uh, we did. Their, You're there often, right? Uh, fuck it, every day I get off at like <laughs> five, and you know. Anyway, uh, so we we did their warehouse, and uh, the dude was kind of weird. Uh, he was like, "Man, pull pull your truck in, you know, come in. I gotta go do this, that, and the other." And he got like a delivery, right? So he be uh, UPS or whoever came and dropped off all this shit, and I'm running the alarm system. And uh, he checks it all in, leaves for an hour, comes back, mm-hmm. and rechecks it. Okay. Yeah, like, I don't know if it's a test, mm-hmm. but, you know, going into people's homes and businesses, people do shit like that. They'll, they'll leave, like, uh, eight ones on the counter. Oh, really? Yeah. They, they do weird shit, man. They, That's they do, interesting. They, they do that? Yeah, really? Yeah, they, they do. Like, I mean, you know. No, you, like, 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 like. Um, you seen the movie Trading Places with Eddie Murphy? Yeah, and yeah, with a guy sure. he, he drops his wallet right to see if the black guy was gonna pocket the money yeah. or whatever like that. Like it's a test. I didn't know they yeah. did that with y'all oh, too. Fuck yeah, Ain't man. that some shit? They they do shit like that. Okay, like, people do, like it's just weird. Right? Okay, you go into somebody's closet, man. You might see uh, 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 fucking sex lube, mm-hmm. right? And you walk, I got to go in my truck and get this. And you come back in the closet, that shit's gone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. wow. So anyway, uh, he was telling me, like, at the, at, uh, the store, I don't hire men. Mm. Not going to hire men. Not going to happen. This is a guy's thing. They want to go in there and they want to see women at the counter. Mm-hmm. Couples are probably more comfortable with a, with a woman checking out dildos and vibrators then yeah that makes sense some scruffy dude that makes sense it's just a thing like the difference between men and women in sex or in porn or in sex shops like i never thought about it, it does make sense like i thought he was kind of unfair about it yeah at the same time discriminating I, against the guys or whatever sure but at the same time i kind of can't argue with him yeah you know if you're a lady and because Dude, you, you go into a sex shop. Are you looking at all the fucking dildos and dongs and strap-ons? No, no. Right? You're looking at fucking porn and lingerie or something. To... Fleshlights and yeah. shit like that. <laughs> you know, so if some chick comes up and she's like, I got this, you know, fucking huge, you know, fucking dildo. Yeah. You're kind of oogling her. Uh... It's got. I guess it's got to be more comfortable. For Not the, really. For the I don't. Woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just like you was about to say. Like it's more comfortable. A woman is more comfortable with another woman right. doing that shit. You know what I mean? I don't think guys really give a shit about anything like that. You know, because I think those people that work at these sex shops, they're trained not to embarrass you. Yes. You know, if you go up and you buy a dildo, like, hey, somebody's lonely. You know, they don't just tell the women shit like that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> somebody's gonna have a good time tonight. Right, they don't. Right. Right. They're trained not to do that, but I I can see how a person that's running a sex shop would be like, okay, I would rather women do the shit. 
you know, that works the counter. I can see that. That that would make sense. Yeah. That would make sense. That that was his thing. He was like, nah, just that would make sense. That would make sense. So now I'm wondering, like, okay, as a physician, like, would women be more comfortable with another woman? Would men be more comfortable with a woman or a man, uh, or, or what? Uh, yeah. Would I, you I, be comfortable with a, a man as a doctor or a woman? As far as what? I ain't talking about like him having him stick his finger in your ass. Just a, a physician, period. Just like what you. I don't think normal shit really bothers me. Yeah. But yeah, when you kind of. When you kind of get into intimate, like, okay, you gonna fucking check my prostate? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you would rather a woman do it? No, I think I would rather a guy do it. I think okay. just being vulnerable in front of a woman like that, yeah, in a clinical setting, <laughs> right? I think there is no secret thrill, yeah, that he's getting, right? I mean, maybe he is, I don't know, right? But it really doesn't enter my mind. Yeah. So it's like, uh, like when they, when they give uh, uh, reporters access into NFL locker rooms, mm-hmm. and you got a bunch of women running around mm-hmm. in the men's locker room, you can't tell me these chicks aren't checking shit out. Yeah. You cannot say that this professional whatever right. above board. Uh, she could have the fucking Pulitzer Prize for writing whatever. Mm-hmm. But dude, she is looking right. at young men, peak physical shape, mm-hmm. and seeing their cocks yeah. all over the place. You cannot tell me she's not looking. She wished that she was speaking into a different microphone. Basically. 20, not <laughs> even that. Not even that. No, I'm not even going that far. But okay. I'm saying if you're looking at fucking... 20 cocks flopping around and they're all in shape. They got pecs and abs and everything. Yeah, they're checking it out. They're checking it they're out. They're checking yeah. it out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know if there are men that go into the WNBA locker room mm-hmm. or NCAA or whatever fucking women's league you have. Right. I don't know if they allow that. Yeah. But it does seem, it does seem strange. Yeah. That for some reason, we discount women's uh, sexual attraction and naughtiness of thought, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, more than we do men. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Like, if yeah. I, I mean, maybe, maybe that's the balance, like we were talking about strip clubs. Maybe yeah. that's just the balance. Yeah, yeah. Dudes get to go into strip clubs all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like a porn. That's what they watch, whatever. So, hey, these handful of, of journalists go in there and get to see dick, 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 dick. Mm-hmm. Good on them, right. I guess. But then you have like Aaron Andrews. Remember mm-hmm. her? Yeah, uh, yeah. Then then somebody peeps in her window and she's naked? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> How many dicks have you seen? Right. <laughs> you know? Right. How many dicks have you seen in the NBA, NFL, MLB? She's seen a lot. She's seen She's her share. She's seen a shitload yeah. of dicks. I don't know. Maybe we don't think that they can really like, even though it's crazy to say it, is like like maybe we don't think that they get their rocks off as as much as us guys do whenever we see a naked woman. So we just like let them, I don't know, we just give them a pass maybe? Maybe. Maybe I, I don't. Maybe, 
don't know, because they just think automatically think that men are just horn dogs, you know. And sure. we are, sure, and we are, sure. And maybe they're just a little bit more composed than we are. We're doing it. Like, oh, I seen you know the guys up in there. They're naked. It's it, it's all good. It's nothing. It's no big deal. When you know they have a super soaker down there the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Right, sure, sure. But, I mean, I guess, playing devil's advocate, when can you be a woman and see a naked man and not feel somewhat threatened? Yeah. Maybe? I guess it depends on what Do you know what I mean? It... Like, remember that, that uh, Yes, Every Woman campaign, like, where... Uh, if you're a woman and you're walking down uh, the street at midnight, mm-hmm. every man that you pass, you probably have to worry that this guy <laughs> can just overpower me yeah. and really do some damage and assault me in some kind of way mm-hmm. uh, that I just I can't fend off unless you got a fucking pistol or a knife. Right. Maybe it's just a... a Safer way. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm around 100 guys. Mm-hmm. There's no chance that all of them are going to fucking rape me. Plus, I got these extra eight women and security and cameras and, you know, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. But I do think it is unfair. that when I, I remember when, I'm old enough to remember when they allowed women into NFL locker rooms to do this shit. And, uh... They were interviewing some player, some just fucking no name, whatever fat offensive lineman. Nobody wants to see naked anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, damn. Tell us how you really feel, yeah. man. <laughs> and, and he was like, "Listen, fellas, let me come into your bathroom while your wife's taking a bath and ask her a bunch of fucking questions about what she did today." I think I remember that. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just some some fucking dude. He wasn't like Joe Montana or nothing. He was just like some fucking guy, and he yeah. was like, "This is my two cents, man. This uh-huh. is kind of fucked up." I remember that. So let me ask you this: If is it worse as a guy? Is it worse for you to be? seen naked by a bunch of people and all of them have like a clinical view of your body, like very sterile, mm-hmm. like whatever. Or is it worse for you to know that somebody is oogling you, right? Mm. That you just kind of don't want. Somebody oogling me, probably. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's what yeah. I would think. Yeah. Yeah. I actually don't mind <laughs> um, being Did you play naked. High school sports? No, I didn't. 
No. So you never had a lock, big locker room experience? No. Actually, um, for PE, whenever we had to dress out, I would come to school with my shorts already on under my pants because I was approved that way. You know yeah, what I mean? That's fucking funny. I know, man. I didn't like... Yeah, I didn't. Till Till this day, whenever I go to the gym, I don't even go in that locker room. I went in the damn j- locker room and people were walking around butt naked and yeah. I'm in my fucking 30s and I'm like, they were just nonchalant about right. it. Right. So, I mean... They, <laughs> it throws you off. It throws me off, but it's crazy, man, because it's like... like I don't know how to talk to you anymore. As an, uh, it's crazy because as an actor, whenever I'm on set uh, or in a theater, or whatever, I don't mind dropping trial. Like there are sometimes, like whenever I bo- whenever I book things and I meet um the um, um the wardrobe ladies, uh, whatever like that, and they're like, okay, well try this on. Do you want me to leave the room? I'm like, no, I've already got my pants off. It's right. like I, I don't know. It's just different. It's just different. It's just different. I guess because like I'm more comfortable knowing that okay. Um, this is their job. This is what they're doing. They're trying to help me like um, fit this costume for the film that I'm doing or television show that I'm doing, sure. rather than just going in a locker room where, and I'm, I'm not even flattering myself. You know, and I think I'm pretty hot, but I, you know what I'm saying? But I'm not flattering myself. I don't think nobody's Googling off of me, but it makes right. me a little bit uncomfortable just to sit there and drop trial like that in front of a bunch of strangers. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. That, that In a locker room setting. Right. Rather than like a wardrobe, because I know why she's here. I know she's here right. to help me change into these clothes for this um, uh, movie right. that I'm going to do. Rather than me just going into a locker room and just like just okay, I'm about to change into my clothes. Go. I would uh, forget a shower. I will work out for two hours and be funky as hell. <laughs> and I will put my and I will right. walk out that right. damn gym. I would not. I would not touch that shower. I don't know what goes on in that damn shower. Right, right, I don't. Right, right. But so no. So that would answer your question. No. But I mean, I, like <coughs> even even in a setting like what you're saying, it's not like you're just fucking wag and crank from side to side like trying to get attention you're just like uh uh so in a in a in a uh, uh, wardrobe dressing yeah it's like you can kind of turn around and be modest yeah and be like you know well that's okay, true g- give me the pants oh okay sure i'll turn around like you can see my no that's true ass and i know that that's you've true seen a hundred asses that's true or whatever i'm not so gonna sit there and whip my dick off right in front of them right. and be like hey take a look like, at this yeah yeah, I right. don't have to be. Uh, I don't have to be approved, like you say, but I don't have to be. Uh, yeah, just like putting my dick on parade. Right, right. So <laughs> I, I can turn around and be like, okay, you've seen a bunch of asses. Here's mine. Okay, yeah, whatever. Now. Yeah. But yeah, in, in like some of these situations, so like even at the gym with a bunch of strangers, now sprinkle six or eight women in there. <laughs> Well, let me put it this you know way what I here. Mean? I'm it's comfortable weird. with my manhood, with the size of my manhood, right. to where there's a bunch of women up in there that I can just strut my stuff through there. You sure. know, not tr- maybe I'm not trying to get their attention, but I'm not I'm I'm not embarrassed about what I'm working with. So if there's a bunch of women up in there, I'm fine. If there's a bunch of guys up in there, and I would be uncomfortable with that shit. So maybe I'm wrong for like like am I wrong for feeling that way or or, or what? Because you know, it's not like nobody in the locker room is trying to, you know, screw me or nothing. It's just they're not even paying attention to me. No. I hope. <laughs> no, he, but here's the thing that that I come down to: it's what is uh, upsetting. Is it people of the opposite sex okay. seeing you naked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just people that are like saying. I bet you that dick is just delicious. 
whether the, they're men that or would be women. Mo- that would be more upsetting. That would be, that would more, be more upsetting, upsetting to me. So and I would. So say, if I was walking through a, like like and there's a bunch of women there and they're just like googly eyed. Oh, I don't know, look at the size of that motherfucker. It's crooked. It's like a boomerang type shit. Right. Like the, is that what you it would, looks like? The, the, <laughs> I got the crook in it. Yeah, it's it would bend, make me. Right? <laughs> it kind of would make me a little bit. It would make me blush a little bit uncomfortable. It probably would. Sure. Not uncomfortable. Like okay, get out of here. But it'd be like damn, you kind of like stated the obvious type shit. Like rather you're than, supposed to be professional. Yeah. Yeah, let, yeah. Let me let me get my fucking. Yeah. Oh, this old thing. This is nothing. It's been hanging down there. Right. You know what I mean? It's like I just want you to be nonchalant about it. So yeah. So if you're like bringing attention to it, then of course, right. sure you bring attention to it in that situation, then that motherfucker might sh- shrivel up at, the, at any given moment. Right. So I mean, even if it's uh, uh, guys in the locker room that are kind of oogling or whatever, like that would make me uncomfortable too. Mm-hmm. But, but at least there's a certain. Uh, comfort that like you're a guy I'm a guy mm-hmm. uh, you're not seeing anything new necessarily yeah but the the letting men into the women's locker room and women into the men's locker room it's just strange to me it's like dude why don't you just give that makes sense give give motherfuckers a chance to yeah go in Shower, get dressed. Hey, yeah. is everybody good? Everybody showered? Everybody dressed? Okay, reporters, come on in. That makes a lot of sense. I, I agree. I just don't understand. I agree. 100%. I, don't, I don't need to be in the women's locker room right after they let them have their moment. Let them clean up and clothe themselves. And you don't even have to be in the locker no. room to be honest with you. Wait like, till they come out I'm of saying. the locker room. Like, this why is my. Is that even an issue? Yeah, this is like my personal time right here. Let me wash yeah. up, and you bringing cameras up and to interview with me and yeah. like. Come the hell on! You can't be upset. In my bathroom, after, yeah. After work, right? Asking me, well, what did you think about stocking bullshit? <laughs> fuck you! Who gives a fuck? Yeah, right? Who Get gives the a hell. Fuck? Give me yeah. five minutes. I agree. Give me ten minutes. I definitely agree. Yeah, people, because you're only human. People are only human. So yeah, yeah you know, you're gonna get a reaction somewhere or the other. Dude, I, I, had, I had a fucking great question. Uh, do you remind me? But then we got off track. The so wait a minute. Let's let's go back because I also sort of thought we were, we were talking about uh, fucking women looking at dicks. <laughs> uh, the usual. <laughs> yeah, the usual. Yeah, sure. I mean, they're behind my crotch all day. I can't help it. <laughs> um, fuck. I don't know. Okay, so let me just go ahead and, and uh, jump subjects. Okay. Uh, how you doing in Trump's America? So far, so good. It hasn't really trickled down to me yet. Haven't ha- it? Really haven't affected me yet. Day to day, sure. Me neither. Not yet. Not yet. I mean, I, I, are you I, concerned I'm... about the the trajectory that they want to? T- to happen or take place? Oh my God, where do you start? Um, am I concerned, to be honest with you, a little bit, but not a lot, because we put laws in place to where he cannot be a dictator, to where if he gets out of hand, we can vote him out. Mm. Not the people, he can be impeached. So I'm a little bit concerned, because th- this is my only concern, is that his sole mission 
is to try to, he and a lot of the Republican sole mission is to try to erase President Barack Obama's legacy. Yes. That would be my concern because no matter what people say, numbers don't lie. You know, um, the uh, uh, we're, no, numbers don't lie. The unemployment is down. Um, the economy is growing, maybe not as fast as people would want it to be. Um, healthcare, I'm, I'm not too crazy about the mandate and everything like that, but they got 20-something million people that have health insurance. Mm-hmm. And I just feel that he wasn't as bad to where people feel like you need to erase his legacy. And I feel like if that's your whole plan, then I'm not happy with that. I'm a person that feels like you need to build on what the previous president has did. I feel that way. So I'm not really, I'm not too concerned right now. I mean, I'm watching and right. it's a fucking mess. And I don't, and, 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 you know, to your viewers, I know you have like, you know, people from both sides or whatever. Sure. I'm, I'm trying to be respectful because, you know, I do respect everybody's right to be Republican, independent, uh, Democrat. I'm an independent. The best person for the job gets my vote. But right. this is a fucking circus. And I'm just going to give you facts. It's a circus right now. It, it's crazy. Everything that's going on, it, it's a circus right now. I mean, no credibility, lies after lies. You have a bunch of smart people that are in this campaign that's on his team that's spewing lies that's basically ruining their own credibility in the process. That's embarrassing to me as an American citizen, no matter who you are. It's just it, it just looks sloppy. It doesn't really feel like the presidency is 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 so special anymore. It just doesn't. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that uh, I have uh, this one guy, conservative friend, been a friend for I mean, a long time. And when it comes to politics, uh, we, I mean, just don't agree. Okay. Like, we're, we're kind of on opposite sides. Respectfully? Or do y'all get heated and want to well, fight I mean, each other? No, I don't ever want to fight him. Uh, do he want to fight you, you know? <laughs> no, he doesn't want to fight me. Okay. Uh, I mean, we have a lot of things in common. It's mm-hmm. just when it comes to looking at the at the country or the world, uh, he has a different view than okay. I do. And but, Give me an example of his view. How does he look at it? He feel uh, like um, Obamacare is a disaster? Uh, does he feel like... Sure. Um, it, it's, you know, the premiums. The government shouldn't tell you to buy this. Okay. Uh, you know, if you're, you know, sick, uh, some of the bare minimum programs work for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just do that. Mm-hmm. Why do we need anything new? Why do we need to shell out more money for this? Mm-hmm. Uh, why do we need to... Uh, taking immigrants and refugees, and you know, kind of, kind of this party line. Yeah. And but he's not uh, uh, an ignorant America man. Yeah. Because America and yeah. guns are freedom. He's right. not that type of dude. Uh huh. So I respect his opinion because he puts a little more thought into it. Okay. However, I disagree. I just think it's no. I'm I'm very liberal. Uh, you know, have been for a long time, and I, that's just what I think. But I'm able to talk to him about it. However, I do run across uh, other people that are liberals like me, and mm-hmm. I, I do agree with them. But sometimes I do get just tired of every fucking thing being evil. Because of the person in the White House. Oh, I agree. 
So he's the devil. He's Hitler. And yes, it's the same old shit. Bush, um, Junior, he was the devil. He was right. Hitler. Barack Obama, he was Hitler. Trump is the devil. Right. Yeah, I, I get tired of that. It's like, man, you have come tell me what you think and where we should go. Yeah, and I will uh, uh, agree or disagree or moderate or something or or give a whatever explanation. I'm sorry, man. No. What the fuck ever happened to compromise? Whatever happened to that? That I think that pisses me off the most about politics right. is nobody knows how to compromise. So it's it lets question. me it it, it it makes me believe that there is somebody pulling the strings with these politicians because they're all millionaires. And when Barack Obama won twice by a landslide, mm. um you had different situations where who was the guy to speak? Uh, who was the Republican guy with the googly eyes? Mitch McConnell that was saying he was going to do everything he can to make him a one-term mm-hmm. president. Um, the Tea Party was um, um, they came up and mm-hmm. they started saying you know no compromise. Right. We're gonna. This is eight years that we could never get back because Stone you do. Yeah, that you can never fucking um, right. get back because you would not compromise. The right. American people, and, and and I guess what irks me the most is that Republicans were saying shit like, um, the American people deserve this. This is what the American people want. Like when the um 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 the Supreme Court justice had died, um, Scalia, Scalia. And, and 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 President Barack Obama, he wanted to um nominate. Well, he nominated the guy. Um, I forget his name. Garland. Um, Garland. He, he nominated him, and they wouldn't even give this guy a vote. And the first thing they would say is the American people deserve this. Well, guess what? The American people voted Barack Obama in office twice by a landslide. If you don't like this guy, at least put him up for a fucking vote. At least do that. And it's the same thing with, I've always said this. I said this, I didn't believe in the, in, in the third year of his presidency, Barack Obama presidency. I said, you know, eventually a Republican is going to get into the White House and the same shit that they were doing to the Democrats, the Democrats are going to do to them. So now I'm watching television now because I'm a news junkie. And I see these Republicans, they're saying, oh, the Democrats, they want to do opposing opposition. It's the same old shit. But at the end of the day, this doesn't help us as Americans. This infight, this tug of war shit. Whatever happened to compromise? Yeah. It doesn't help us. The the big problem, and I, I agree with, Everything you just said. It, it's horseshit uh, on both sides. And it's, it's amazing how quickly, depending who occupies the White House, how acceptable hypocrisy is yeah. from the opposing party. It's just amazing. It's right. amazing how quickly they will say that these things this person did is unfair. And then when it's the the opposing party, mm-hmm. it's totally fine now. Yeah. It's ridiculous. The biggest problem, I think, is the legislative branch. Yeah. It's not the presidency. Presidents, the, the more partisan things have gotten, uh, presidents have had to take on more power where they can because... The Congress, the House of Representatives and the Senate, won't act. Yeah. They are so divided. Yeah. So now what you get is supermajority laws that are mm-hmm. passed that the mm-hmm. president has no say-so in. Yeah. 
yeah. a court that has to rule in the laws or a president signing executive orders yeah. that the court has to rule on. Yeah. So you have, it seems to me you always have two branches of government steering the ship instead of three. Right. So the president says, I'm going to sign this. Mm-hmm. They take it to court, and the court says, yes or no. Yeah. Or the Congress says, we're passing this mm-hmm. without the president's signature. Mm-hmm. And somebody brings that shit to court. Yeah. It's out of whack. And I just wonder if maybe uh, earmarks, maybe if pet projects are a they should bring that shit back to grease the wheels. Yeah. To say, look, people used to piss and moan about uh, money and uh, you know wasteful things that that you know uh, you want to fucking uh, some sort of veterans park in Baton Rouge and the federal government's going to give you fifty thousand dollars to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, sure, if you put that in some sort of spending bill that has something to do with abortion. One of these senators or representatives are going to say, mm, okay. Wow, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. That, I think those things grease the wheels, but now everything is just, fuck, it doesn't matter, dude. It's a lot going if on. If you have a D or R beside your name mm-hmm. and you put a bill out there, mm-hmm. uh, go fuck yourself. You're done. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're finished. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, it, you're it right. I've seen bills. What, what it says. I've seen bills that were presented that actually it was supposed to be like um, a spending bill, but in the clause they actually put like um, defunding Obamacare. I'm just using an example. Sure. And the Republicans would say, "Okay, well, you know, where they're holding up progress and things like that." When you knew, poison pills. Yeah, when you knew that they weren't gonna fucking pass right. that shit, it's like, come on, what's what's wrong with compromise? I mean, it's it's frustrating as hell sure. because they're rich. Whatever happens, the government shut down. Anything happens, like it doesn't affect them right. at all. I mean, it's going to affect them eventually because their asses will get voted out. But um, it, it really affects the average American, the one who's bashing their head against the wall saying, right. hey, get something done. But there's nothing wrong with compromise. That no. That's what drives me the fuck crazy. Yes. You know, now I would say to say like um, when President Barack Obama was in office, I was disappointed that he didn't go out of his way to actually go and talk to Congress or Senate whenever, it, you know, when, whenever they took, whenever the Republicans took over. Mm-hmm. But then I asked myself, like, is someone, like, the puppeteer already told these Republicans, you're not going to work with him on anything. Yes. So maybe it was just like he was just pissing in the wind. Maybe it was just pissing in the wind, but I feel like, hey, you know, the presidency, like, it's a hard job, but you got a lot of time on your hands. You can actually go and talk to these guys and try to push these bills through. I believe Bill Clinton did something like that as well. They did. I, I think the, the biggest downfall uh, is just the money. The money. The money in politics. Yes. Yeah. But that doesn't uh, help you and me. That doesn't help you and me. No, it doesn't help us because mm-hmm. we get shitty laws mm-hmm. because everybody... Uh, in D.C., every representative we have, they're busy raising money and showing how evil the other side is. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't want a Republican uh, state senator or congressman Mm. saying that I'm evil because I'm liberal. Yeah. And you know what? The the Democrat that represents me, I don't want him saying 
my neighbor is evil. Right. I mean, I live next to this dude. Yeah. I see him get up and go to work every day. He's not evil. Mm -hmm. You know, he thinks differently than I do on Mm -hmm. certain things. But I mean, my sister, my sister's very conservative. Uh, She has different views on all kinds of different shit. But I find in a good 20-minute conversation about Mm -hmm. politics, Mm -hmm. she and I, I, you agree with this? She's like, yeah, I, I could do Y'all that. Y'all can well, find common ground yeah, at some point. Wouldn't yeah, wouldn't you do this? I'd be like, sure, I'd, I'd give that up for, for this but other But see thing. how easy that was for you and her to do that? Like, sure. So, again, why the hell can't our lawmakers do this shit? I, it's It's got to be the money. Like that's it's, it, it, it's definitely the money. It's the money. It's definitely, like I said, they're all millionaires. They get vacations, they get houses, cars, gifts from, you know, the, the 1% that's just just putting it up in their pockets. And you know it's not even illegal for our representatives to profit off of their And it should be. offices anymore. It's not it should even be. illegal. It should It be. used to be. Mm-hmm. It used to be like uh prisons, for example. Here's my thing. I was talking to a guy at work today. He's uh, concerned. We don't talk about politics too much. But uh, we had this conversation about private prisons. And uh, if the government can't run them effectively, then fuck it, privatize prisons. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? Fuck that. (laughs) Because (laughs) if you are going to make laws and force laws and punish people for breaking laws, your prison should just be an expenditure. Mm -hmm. Period. This is not a money-making venture. Yeah. This is just, an like roads. Wow. You just spend the money. Right. And maintain this. That's what the fuck But it's very profitable, for. though. Right? It's profitable. And people are going to follow the money. For a company to say, guess what? You give us all these tax dollars, wow. No headache, no muss, no fuss. Mm-hmm. Uh, you send these people to jail, and we'll take care of them, and we'll save you money. Oh wow! Not only that, we'll make a profit. And guess what? On the back end, we're lobbying mm. to make more and more things illegal, mm. to make more and more criminals, so we can keep making money. It's bullshit. It's yeah. a bullshit system. Yeah. There are a lot of things that people go to jail for that I don't feel threatened by these people. You're right. I don't feel threatened by them. Somebody hey, busted with weed shouldn't be locked up with a murderer. No. Yeah. Yes. You you fucked up. Hey, uh I got a ticket yeah. uh, a, a week and a half ago. Hey, my fault. Mm-hmm. Uh can't say it was anybody else's fault. Mm-hmm. Cop was very nice. He was cool, but he's like Hey, you're getting a ticket. Yeah. Okay. I got you. I'm 100% right. I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going to, you know, whatever. And I'm going to give the state money because <laughs> I got a, you know, I got a right. ticket. But once you make it an incentive to make more and more things illegal mm-hmm. and somebody else is making money off of putting people in cages. Yeah. No. That's fucked up. Yeah. You should not. You It should be an incentive to make a, a polite and decent society. Okay. And and the the it, it's just an expenditure. Mm-hmm. 
That's it. It's it's just off the books. You know right. you're going to spend this much money on roads. You know you're going to spend this much money on uh, infrastructure or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But it's not. Everything can't be for profit. Otherwise, you pervert what it's supposed to do. <clears throat> yeah, you know. But like, realistically, like we're talking about earlier, like sex. Like you can have a a great, healthy, loving sex life. Mm-hmm. But once you're a pervert. <laughs> It's different. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and perversion doesn't mean sex. It yeah. means you've you've twisted something on itself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a lot of society's problems with government, money, expenditure. Well, you know who the, um um uh, the prisons are profiting off of. I don't know if if you if you knew this, they're profiting off of a lot of black people. Not to Thir- say the thirteenth. You saw the documentary. Oh, they're profiting off of a lot so of black people. Up. I mean, white people. You know, they're profiting off of of white people as well. But majority is black. That's filling up the prisons. You know, we get the book thrown at us for simple shit, mm. and it's it, like you know they're making their money, but they're mostly making their money off of us. I don't know if you paid attention, but um, the warden of Angola Prison, mm. he was under, he is under investigation for like profiting a lot of the money from Angola. Like they made a lot of money. Prisons make a lot of money. Shit, yeah, they do. And a lot of people are pocketing that shit, mm-hmm. and it's affecting a lot of black people. I interviewed uh, uh, the warden of. Uh, Hunts Correctional Facility mm-hmm. down there. He's the warden of the prison. Mm-hmm. Talk to him. And you good on time? I'm good. I'm good. You good? Yeah, I'm good. You cool? Okay. Because I keep going. Like whenever you're ready, you good. Do your thing. All right. <laughs> so uh, I, I talked to him, and uh, the Angola thing. And if anybody wants to research it, it's it's go to the theadvocate.com and there are articles and articles and articles about this bullshit. Mm-hmm. But uh, this guy was like, his concern was running a peaceful prison. So the warden has no say in who comes in right. or who goes out. Right. He just has to run a clean facility. Mm. keep everybody happy. And what angers me sometimes is when people say that prisoners, uh, man, they get fucking three meals a day and cable TV and, you know, they feel like they have it too good. They have it too good. I have yet to hear a person say, fuck it. I'm going to quit working. Go get myself arrested Mm -hmm. and sit in prison and watch cable TV and have three meals a day. Because it's it, it, it's not a paradise. No, it's fucked up. Nobody's enjoying that shit. No, nobody's enjoying it. Nobody's enjoying that shit. But not only that, there are far too... I, I believe there are far too... The, there's a prison industrial complex mm-hmm. in this country. Uh, and when you look at the, the world, we imprison... So many more people than even fucking China. Oh, absolutely. Russia, yeah. Or North Korea or all of our 
cultural enemies, if mm-hmm. they're not war enemies. And uh, on the flip side of that, I don't understand how people can walk around saying, I know I'm jumping, but I don't understand how people could say that America is the greatest place on earth, it's the signing, uh, shining city on top of the hill, right? and then get angry at people that want to come here by hook or by crook. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do, you, how do you line the two up? You can't say, I'm the fucking great man. Look, I got the best D. Mm-hmm. Man, I fucking pump for two hours. I'm mm-hmm. great. I just hate all these hoes that come over here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like, how do you spout, we're the greatest, we're the freest, we're the this, we're the that. But then get upset. When people... Want to come here? Fucking jumping fences and starving for you know twelve hundred miles to get yeah. here. Yeah. How do you how do you reconcile those two things? Ah shit, dude, that's a good one. I don't know, man. It's just, it's just like you know, as America, are we, are, are America, we that schizophrenic of a country. Yeah, maybe we are. You know, as an American, it's like, okay, I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. Okay? Sure. In America, we have a lot of skeletons in the closet. Maybe Norway. Well, I don't even I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of skeletons in the closet, man, but I honestly wouldn't want to live any place else. And, like, it's the facade that we put up as Americans and stuff. Like, um, I remember I took a trip to Cozumel. And I was watching an American commercial, and they had people of all races in the commercial, and they just looked so happy. And I, you know, from, from being an American, I know fucking well everything is not kumbaya. And I'm looking at this shit like, <laughs> you lying bastards. It's not like that. It's a lot of racism that goes on. It's not kumbaya like that. It's, it, it's not like that. But I wouldn't want to live anyplace else. And in other countries and stuff like, I mean, you know... Um, I say in America, like we take a simple shit for for granted, like freedom of speech. Right. That's a big deal. I mean, sometimes it feels like it's getting ready to be taken away from us. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, President Trump, he wants to start suing um 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 news stations and stuff for posting stuff about him, and he wants to sue them. That's taking away freedom of speech. You know what I mean? I, I I I honestly just don't get that. I think, well, I think that the uh, the Trump thing, that's a crazy anomaly. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the fucking asteroid hitting your spaceship. I mean, yeah, ooh, yeah. I don't even know how to quantify that. Mm-hmm. It's just fucking bananas. Mm-hmm. But talking about uh, the... You know, the, the going from the prison population to the messages in the media. I remember Dave Chappelle saying at one point that a big difference between white America and black America. And I, I don't enjoy using that term because I think there is an America, but I think it's it's not white America and black America. I think it's segregated America. 
I agree with that. I like that. You know? Because it's I, true. Yeah. I, I don't think there are two different Americas, but I think it's just segregated. But he said that because of the population disparity, mm-hmm. right? Uh, black people are, I don't know, what, 15, maybe 20% of the population now? I think at the time... I thought it was 14%, but you might be right. Okay. So okay. okay so let's say 15. Okay. I think at the time he was saying this was like uh, 10 or 12. I mean, this is like fucking years ago. Mm-hmm. But the point was, was that people don't look at and understand uh, black culture or and I don't even like black culture. I like uh, I don't know what to call it. But when I when when I see uh, maybe When I say black culture, I mean, like, I, I know what I, I think. Go with that for right now. But it's not a different culture because we all live in the same fucking country. It's like still it's, American culture, yeah. It, it's still American culture. So uh, anyway, he said, but people don't understand black culture, but people don't understand that white people don't understand black culture, but black people understand white culture so much more than they know mm-hmm. because it's everywhere. Yeah. It's on TV. It's on billboards. It's the norm. It's the norm. And we see all this. And then when we see the reality, mm-hmm. it's like we're not part of this reality that's put out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think white people understand the black culture. They just want to pick and choose what it is that they get from it. The music, Do you though. Yeah, yeah. They, they I feel like they want to like. And when I say they, I'm not talking about everybody. Obviously, um, they want to pick and choose what it is like they want, like the dance moves, the singing, the cool stuff. But um, I'll give you an example: Justin Bieber. Okay, you're familiar with that guy, right? I, I know who he is. <laughs> but I mean... Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I, you know, like, there was a situation where when he got arrested or whatever, like, all of a sudden, to me, from my eyes, all of a sudden, like, that white boy kicked in. But as long as he was being accepted by these hip-hop artists and things like that, he wanted... It's like, you wanted that... You want street cred, but you don't want that street life, is what it came right. off to me. That's what that's the way it came off to me. You know, um there was a situation like the Super Bowl halftime show when Janet Jackson when, when um just what was the guy's name um Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Um you know saying he exposed Janet Jackson's titty. And like the obviously whole thing was planned. Yeah, it you was planned. You yeah. know it was planned. Yeah. You know it was planned. And if that was Shock cool, about. if that was cool, then he would have got credit from like pulling that out. But when it wasn't cool, and everybody was complaining, and they was calling for his head and everything like that. He separated himself. He played the white boy. Hey, you know, I had nothing to do with it. I don't know what happened and anything like that. So he the didn't black- say anything, but she was like, wardrobe malfunction. And wardrobe. Like, it all, all yeah. of the heat went on Janet Jackson. Right. 
Okay, the titty just didn't expose itself. He <laughs> he exposed it, but that white boy came out of him, and he was like, "Hey, I don't know what happened. I'm out of it. You know, what I'm saying I'm a Mickey Mouse kid type right. of person. I had nothing to do with it." And Janet had to fucking deal with that whole stuff herself. So, right. I, you know, I, to go back is like then, then the big fucking flower pasty like. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. My it's, wife don't go outside. It with was pasties. Pl- yeah, it was planned together, right. but yeah, he, sure, you know, sure. you know, but he, you know, as a as a as a white guy, he, you know, that came out and he was like, "Hey, I'm not touching that one. I had nothing to do with it." And the black person had to fucking deal with the heat, the ramification of all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So let me ask you this: There, how do you? She's hooking us up, okay. son. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I know. I got a good wife. I got a good wife. She's bringing us a big shitload of eyes. Uh, so how... This is one of my worries. Like, last time we talked, we talked about uh, slave movies and why people go see them and, and why people don't. And thank you so much, babe. Look at my wife. She's fucking... Hammered on her night medicine. I actually just got a shower, but thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you so much. Out. All right. Hey, Marissa. Look at her. Give her the peace. <laughs> I know, huh? Nah, I got you. Thank you, babe. Yeah. So he, here's what I... As a white guy, uh, I often worry that there are or anyway back back to what we were saying before we whatever last time we talked uh we talked about like slave movies mm-hmm. and why white people go see them and uh-huh. black people don't and i i do believe that that you more liberal whites mm-hmm. uh go see these types of movies uh because there is uh some sort of uh I don't want to say affirmation, but maybe a cultural uh, reminder of why things are like they are. Mm-hmm. And you have a lot of open-minded uh, uh, white people that are like, you know, uh, that this should be remembered. There, yeah. There's a segment of that population. I think that that I, I don't. Sometimes I don't want to go see. I don't want to see 12 Years a Slave. Mm-hmm. I don't. Sometimes I feel like I kind of have to. Really? Yeah. It, it's like I'm going to have to see it. Uh, <laughs> you know, Brokeback Mountain. Uh-huh. I'm not rushing to the theater to go see Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> But you know what? It it it's a different take on something that is. Well, you said it before. Like you don't feel comfortable. Like 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 you don't want to be the bad guy all no. the time in that situation. But when you, you know? go see a movie, do you want to be the fucking mugger or the rapist or the fucking bank robber or the whatever? Do I you don't want to see. The, I don't. The, the, you know the black guy being the bad guy. I don't. You know, I don't. Do you want to see? Even like simple shit, uh-huh. simple shit. Do you want to see Rocky Balboa mm-hmm. beating up Apollo Creed, then Mr. T, 
And then, you know, like it, it, it's, it's, it, there is some trickery uh-huh. with uh-huh. shit like that in society. Uh-huh. Uh, so how do you separate? And I'm, I'm just asking this straight up as, as a white guy, how do you separate the individuals that you come into contact with every day versus the system that is set up? Like we're talking about prisons, okay? Mm-hmm. I can corner anybody very easily and say, did you get caught with something that was illegal? Yes, you did. Should you go to jail? Probably should. That's the law. Mm -hmm. Okay. However, the facts of these things, the policy is set up in such a way that it punishes minorities, right? Yeah. Punishes black people more. Yeah. So what I worry about is like sometimes things that I believe in uh, do affect black people negatively. Mm-hmm. But I have a hard time arguing against the merits on their face. Does that make sense? No. So if... The merits Congress, on their face. What do you mean? If uh, Okay, so if they say uh, cocaine is illegal mm-hmm. and you can't do cocaine mm-hmm. and uh, carries these minimum sentences... And then what happens is mostly black people get locked up for cocaine. Okay. Well, cocaine's illegal. Right. You shouldn't be doing cocaine. Right. And you got caught with cocaine, therefore you go to jail. Okay. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard about this in the past. It seems like, okay, whatever the black crime is, whatever popular up in the black communities is the one that you get more time for. Right. Whereas the system was designed to make the white man's drug, whether it was meth or heroin, not as punishable as crack cocaine. Somebody's at the top making these laws up to oppress the black man. Right. And... um. The way I look at it is, um, from the education that I know, is like, this goes way back to after the Civil War, after the South got their asses kicked. Mm. Um, They knew there were nothing that they can do about it, but if they wanted to continue to oppress my people, was to do it through the system. And I watched this um, documentary about the KKK, and the reporters, they were allowed to go through every aspect of the KKK except for these private meetings. Typically, whenever people think about the KKK, you think about a bunch of family fuckers out in the woods and shit like that with capes on, you know, um, firing up a fucking cross. But really, that's not how it is. These are doctors, lawyers, police officers, judges, and things like that up in a building trying to talk about, okay, well, what laws can we pass? What is the popular drug in in, in the black neighborhoods? You heard about the Nixon thing, right? Uh, Remind me. Uh, whenever the anti-Vietnam wars, uh, the anti-Vietnam protests were going on, mm-hmm. uh, they just declassified certain documents, uh, 
about Nixon's war on drugs, mm-hmm. and he said that fucking hippies mm-hmm. and blacks were the people to blame. So they decided to crack down on marijuana and hallucinogenics. Mm. And this was Nixon? This was Nixon. Okay. And he was like, you know, the blacks, they all smoke marijuana, and we got to stamp that out, and the hippies are all... Like, this was government, behind the scenes, uh, his policy Uh to stamp out opposition Mm -hmm. to the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. And that's what it targeted, hippies and blacks. Yeah. And this has been going on since the day of time, you know? So how... This is what a... What's curious to me is how do you, how, as a white guy, right? And we talked about earlier, like black culture. Take a piss. You need to take a piss. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. We'll, we'll, we'll pause oh, one again. Second. It won't take long. Yeah, no, it won't take long. <laughs> Not as long as his dick, from what he said. <laughs> All right, so th- this is my question. As a, a, just a, a white guy, how culturally accepting do I need to be in, like I guess not to be a racist, or a, a better way to put it is... When, when you know the system is kind of rigged in a certain way, right? okay, uh, how do you interact with white person, white person, white person, and make judgments that this person's view is slanted or racist or uh, well-intentioned but racist? Or ignorant <laughs> racist? Do you know what I mean? It is it is it that individualized? I think it's in our DNA to realize. I think it's in our DNA to realize who it is, what type of person we're dealing with. I don't know what it is. It's like I hate to say the word animals because you know you know to the biggest they would probably compare us to animals anyway but just human instincts we have like the we have the same black white no matter what race you are we have the same we have instincts we are animals you know and we have instincts so i would say as a black person from everything that we've gone through for i know from my experience is that it's just a feeling that we get i can talk to you and you can say something insensitive about black people and i think Based on the energy that I get from you, it's not malicious. You're not really, you know, saying like you're you're not being a bigot. You may be ignorant about the shit because we're all ignorant about something. There there are some people that I deal with, some white people that I dealt with in life to where I just got this feeling that it's just that's some racist shit. There's something about this guy that brushes me the wrong way. Right. I'll give an example. I was working at this warehouse and my employer is cool guy. The guy over him across the street is old white guy. You know, I just see him wearing a fucking KKK suit. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Right. I mean, it's a hunch. I don't know this to be a fact, but it's just something about him. 
I was sitting there taking my break because my car was broke, and he walked over there because I was supposed to bring the mail to him. Now, I wasn't supposed to bring the mail to him, but my employer was supposed to bring the mail to him. And he saw me working here for a while, and he just wanted to have some kind of dialogue with me. He came there, stood his white ass over me while I was sitting there taking a nap at the desk, and he was like, yeah, yeah. Mistake number one. Right. You know, and and, and he was like, um, um, stereotype hey. one check. Yeah. And he was just right. checking me out. And he was like, hey, um, I came over here to get the mail or something like that. And I was like, I pointed to the mail. It was right there on the table. And he insinuated that he wanted me to get the mail for him. Like, hand yeah, it hand it to him. Right. So I, at first I didn't think nothing about it. I reached over there to get the mail, and then, and he said, yeah, that's right. Ooh. And that brushed me the fucking wrong way. I knew then. I said, he's a fucking bigot. Just off of that. I have right. no proof, but it was just, yeah, that's right. Like, know your place, N-word. You know right. what I mean? So I took it, and I pushed it to his chest because I didn't care about the damn job. And right. I kind of, you know, once I confirmed to myself that I knew that this guy was a damn bigot, that's what I did to him. That was your fuck you. Yeah, that was my fuck you. Right. But it was, um, I just think that every black person, unless they're just like not woke, there's a term we use, like not woke, like, right. um, mm-hmm. like um, um, every, every black person, like it's just in our DNA to where we just get a, a, a feeling. Now you got some black people that just everybody's racist. I'm pretty sure you've been called a bigot plenty of times in your lifetime just because you're white. Sometimes we get it wrong, uh, but it, it, it's it, it's just a feeling that comes across because it's not what you do, it's how you do it. I remember one time I was working at um this restaurant called Brunei's Cajun Restaurant. I was the only black waiter there at the time. And I was like... Please the number- sue us, Brunei's. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I was there. <laughs> no, it's a wonderful restaurant. No, no, the I guy understand. that owned the shit... No, I'll bullshit aside. Like the guy that owned the shit, Robert Burnett, cool guy, loved the place. And, you know, right, right. I was actually making like, um, what's the word I was um, looking like? Like I, I was actually making progress at this place as a black person, the only black waiter there. But it was based off of, it was not too far from Denham Springs. Mm. And I remember I had this old white couple there. And I served them and I, you know, I was very attentive and took care of them and everything. And um, the old white guy, he waited till I was through and he, 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 he asked for something, for some utensil. He asked for something. And when I went to go get it, he said he made a racial slur. I purposely blurred out what he was saying because I don't know what it was. I just knew it was going to be something racist. His wife bust out like. What did he say? It was something like he like that was great service. Something that's that's something you good. That's something you people are good at. Something it was something like that. You people. It was something on that yeah, level. Yeah, yeah, And his wife like she covered her mouth to keep from busting out laughing. And I know it was something racist. So I mean, but he was smart enough to do this shit after I got through feeding him. You know what I mean? Because I could have <laughs> fucking jacked off in his fucking soup. Right. But but when he did that shit, my first reaction was I reached on a table. And I grabbed some crackers and I pointed to him. I said, crackers? Ah. And his wife just like bust out like, oh my God. It's just one of those things, man. Like sometimes, like sometimes they're really, like, like I said, like with the KKK, they like, the thing that they do is like they, they, you have to go by inconspicuous. You have to like slide it through. They don't want to be obvious that they're racist. So that's, a, we, we, we talked on the phone the other day and that's the thing that gets me is that uh, there is a an overt racism that some people have that you just can't uh, like. That's just it. Yeah. 
uh, I think those people are probably more honest mm-hmm. than the people that don't want to be. The biggest fear is to be called racist, right? But they feel that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they feel that uh, there's some sort of superiority that they'll never let you know, right? Never admit to, but institutionalize. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like, <clears throat> as a white guy, I am. I, I mean, I. I I watch all these movies, man. I go through all these documentaries, and man, there are certain things that bother me about myself that I wonder mm-hmm. if I am racist. So, certain things that you see that you can relate to, uh, or you just feel guilty because you know that's the representative of you as a white person. Maybe it's white guilt. Maybe it's a certain amount of white guilt. Uh, but like, I'm not a, uh, like we were talking about earlier, like music. Uh, I couldn't tell you who the, the newest famous rapper, hip hop, mm-hmm. R&B artist mm-hmm. is. All right. Mm-hmm. It's just not, uh, that's not my taste in music. Right. However, I love Blues, mm-hmm. right? So I'll put blues on the satellite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes, man, the blues that comes on is like fucking straight slave music. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like fucking uh, twangy, whiny, uh, something like just fucking roots. I like it. Mm-hmm. But when... Uh, Friends come over, and I have it on. I'm a little worried <laughs> that they come over, they hear this, and they're like, "Is this motherfucker patronizing me?" Yeah. Well, shit. I don't and, know. And, I love and, blues and, too, but I don't know any blues music that sounds like slave music. What do you listen to? Chain uh, Gang? Or? No. I mean, it's not Chain Gang music, but it's like just. Some old guy on a fucking guitar and sitting on the dock of the bay type shit. Oh no, it's like deeper than deeper that. Deeper than that, oh, okay. Yeah. This is not like fucking Otis Redding. This oh, is okay. like fucking blues. Okay. And it's like fucking and I worry about that. It's like uh I would feel more comfortable, I guess, in a way, mm-hmm. if I put on just fucking heavy metal. And you would feel more comfortable if you play that. In a way, uh-huh. because uh, you would kind of expect that. Yeah. You come into my house, yeah. and I got like hard rock, heavy metal playing. Mm. But if you come over here and I have like fucking blues, mm-hmm. and it's just, you know, uh, old guy on a guitar, tree, get the rolling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the rolling. Yeah. And... But your friend's not making you feel this way. This is how you would feel. You would this feel is how guilty. I feel. I feel like well, that's something you got to work out, man. No, that's I your understand. shit. <laughs> it, it is. But what I wonder is if people come over and they say, "Are you playing this shit because I'm black?" Oh, like, okay. You can't really like this. <clears throat> so hmm. here's the here's the 
Well, to be fair, he, white people have he, loved our music since the beginning of time. Sure, I mean, but come he, on, that was... Here's the trap, is if you said, hey, man, I hear you got blues on. Mm-hmm. Wow. I really like blues. Mm-hmm. Who's playing this? Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you. Mm-hmm. Because it's on a satellite. It's on shuffle. That's just what I like. Mm-hmm. It's what I like to hear. Yeah. Uh, and I I couldn't go into an in-depth conversation okay. about blues music. Mm-hmm. So if you put me on the spot legitimately, you would have an argument to say you're faking or patronizing me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because you don't fucking know who these people are. Right. And I'm over 40, and it's not important <laughs> who these people are You just anymore. like the music. I, I just you. like the music, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. So it it does worry me. You know what I mean? Ah. Like, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, man, but I listen to rock and roll sometimes, dude. Right. In some country, actually. Sure. Um, I listen to all music, and when my white friends come around or whatever, I come around them. Like I don't feel that way. I don't feel like they think that I'm playing Fleetwood Mac so that I can impress them or something. You know what I mean? I don't feel that way. I like Aerosmith. You know, I fucks mm-hmm. with them. Um, but I don't really feel that. I don't feel that way. I don't feel guilty for for, for playing that shit because I'm because my friends know me. And they know that if I play the damn music because I like it, I'm not doing this shit to impress you. It's like fuck you. This is the, I fucks with this. Where have right. this been? I've been sleeping on this shit. You right, know what I mean? Right, right. You know, another one bites the dust. Who is that? Queen. Queen. Yeah, you know I, I fucks with that. You know, karaoke night. I'll go rock and roll on your ass. Right, so, right. I don't know. I guess it just just depends on your friends. But I I, I guess. Uh, the thing is, is what I'm curious about is you, mm-hmm. Reggie. Mm-hmm. When, what is it that you want from white people to? And th- this this whole question is stupid. The whole premise is stupid. But I wrote it down because. Uh, of this this uh, Patrice O'Neill interview we're talking about, and it was such an honest question. Uh-huh. Do you hate white people? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. I or, don't. What 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 is the thing that white people can do or you can't should do to to erase or you can't erase shit no you, you can't erase it but like i have my theory about uh uh our cultural differences mm-hmm. and i honestly think that we're in louisiana and i think there's pretty much only two cultures mm-hmm. right there's Two races. I mean, right. you, now we have more Hispanics or whatever coming yeah. to the state, yeah. and I mean that's one thing. But like white white people, black people, that's pretty much been my whole upbringing. 
And to me, it's not hard to understand uh, just one other culture. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. really not. It's like uh, this, this is one side, this is the other, or this is one way of looking at things, this is another way of looking at things. Like, it's not very difficult for me to put myself in one other population's shoes. You're answering, you know I mean? no, you're answering your own question. That's, for me personally, that's what I would want is that for you to put yourself in another person's shoes. I think that when it comes down to the bigots, you can't change their minds. You can't change their minds because this shit was taught to them to be hateful, to, um, you know, um, 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 to be that way, to be oppressive, to have that attitude that they have, that ignorant attitude. Um, but as far as the the white people that aren't racist, it's for you to, like, put yourself up in another person's position. It doesn't necessarily have to be a black person. It can be a Hispanic person. Sure. Put yourself in a minority's position and stop turning the other cheek. Stop feeling that, hey, it's not me, it's not my people, so I have nothing to worry about. I think that's the part that's insensitive about it. If you see a situation where somebody is being racially discriminated against, instead of thinking to yourself, okay, that was wrong, what should I do? I think you should call that out more and understand what it is that person of another race is going through instead of making it seem that a minority is just making up shit because a lot of people would think that, hey, things are not as bad as they were back then. Y'all were slaves. You're not slaves anymore. (laughs) And it's like, no. You're just in jail. Yeah, you're just fucking in jail and there's more things. And and, and like you've just been turned down. You've just been turned down from living in a damn neighborhood Mm -hmm. that you can afford because you're fucking black. You know what I'm saying? It's like you have to start... You got a job. You're not getting promotions, but yeah, yeah you yeah, got a yeah. job. Pay attention to that, right? But it's no, it's not that you know when 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 people say that you're racist, we're not talking about every white person. I wish people would stop taking that shit so literal and stop grouping them together. It's like you say you got bad fucking police officers. Nobody's talking about every fucking police officer is bad and the fucking killer and all of this shit right here. But the problem is you have. Cops that are bad, that are crooked, that they hide, they camouflage themselves with the good police officers. Right. And the good police officers, they don't say anything because they say something. It makes it seem like they're turning their backs on their fellow police officers. The blue wall. It's a whole nother group. And that's where it gets fucked up at because there are consequences with that shit. Right. Because just like nowadays, 2017, people... Minorities are not putting up with that shit anymore. Now, right. I'm not sitting here like being a spokesperson. So I'm just telling you what I see out no, of no, these no, no. eyeballs. I, what I'm seeing is right. like there's an uptick in cop killings now because of what's happening, because we're not getting justice. When Do you these think cop there's killings. an uptick in cop killings? Or not? You Wait a minute. Do you mean people killing cops? Yeah. Or cops killing people? People killing cops because... Cops are killing minorities right. and getting away with it and not having to answer to what it is they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's happening all the time. It's every. I mean, where, 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 do, where do we, I mean, you know, um, 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 it, it Alton like Ster- a, Sterling, you know. It's, it's a knee-jerk reaction that should not be knee-jerk, but at the same time is not... Uh, not beyond understanding. Yeah. Yeah. People are, I mean, people Does are that tired. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Because people, like, 
I'm telling you what I see. Like, it, it, I'm not saying how I feel. I'm just saying what I see. Sure, sure. And like in, in in like the black culture, like we're getting tired of that shit. The mm-hmm. same old, same old. We know the fucking history. We know right. how it is. And people are just getting literally cops are getting away with murder. They go home, paid vacation, you know, say paid leave. And it goes to court, dismissed, and it's the same old shit. But you have to understand something: when someone, when you kill someone like that, their families are the ones that have to suffer that shit for for, for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. These cops, they go home with their family, and nothing's changed. Right. So the uptick in the cop killings, like this guy from Dallas that came here to to, to Louisiana and shot and killed those cops or whatever. This was yeah. in response to shit like this. Right. So while white people that aren't racist, how they feel that, hey, um, I, I'm just going to turn the other cheek, eventually shit like that is going to affect you too as well. I don't mean you personally or anybody personally, right, but right. I just mean it's going to affect like so it, it like I feel like everybody, black, white, whatever race you are, sure, need sure. to fucking put their foot down and say, Hey, that was wrong. You know, um, um, we need justice for this person because I don't think that it would be a retaliation as long as justice is being served when this when these crimes happen. Right, right. So on a on a personal level, uh when you see when when you meet or hang out with uh, just you know average white guy, I have a lot of white friends. <laughs> no, I understand. I mean, we're the majority. What can you do? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know somebody white, right? Right. right. <laughs> Everybody knows somebody white. It's always uh, my friend Howard told me, "Hey, man, it's always having a good, always good to have a white boy in your corner." Oh, absolutely. You're right. Uh, what is it that, because like I just told you, there are certain things that uh, I have on my mind that I worry are uh, some of my tendencies, likes, or dislikes are patronistic. Mm-hmm. And it does worry me. Like, I don't, I don't like fake that I know. Uh, hip hop culture or rap culture mm-hmm. or whatever. Like I was a fucking headbanger, man. Mm-hmm. I loved fucking mm-hmm. rock and roll music and heavy metal and all that shit. But now that I'm older, I don't keep up with music, so I I can't front on any of those experiences. Uh, but when somebody comes over and I play blues music, I'm I worry that I'm perceived as patronizing or if uh, if I say, look, man, I just don't like Medea movies. <laughs> I don't watch them. Right. I, I really don't. Right. I, I, I could not give a fuck. Well, that would be patronizing if you fucking said that you like Medea movies. That would be patronizing, but you said that you don't. Right. You like what you like. I mean... Y- we know who we choose to be our friends. And if they're our friends, then they pretty much know our hearts. If that makes sense to you. Like my friends, my friends know my heart. My white friends, they know my heart. I say a lot of shit, you know, make a lot of racist jokes and stuff. And they sure. get me and they understand me. And it's a joke. And sometimes like, if they want to know something about the black culture that they don't understand, they can come to me. Like we don't have that barrier separating us. It's right. like, 
I can, you know, I, I, that's what you're here for. You're my white friends. I hate to say white friends, but you're my no, friends no, no, that happen no. to be white. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I can come to you and I can ask you, you know what I noticed about you guys? I did this actually <laughs> not, too lo- not too long ago. I said, I noticed that you guys, whenever you cross the street, you don't even look both ways at cars. You just assume that this white privilege is going to stop somebody from running your ass over. I said that. That's funny. And, and I said, you know, I noticed that when black people... If some if they cross in the street, they're looking at you like you better not step on that gas. You know what I'm saying? You better not step on that gas pedal. It's like they're they're mad dogging you. Right. And they found the shit funny. They was like, I don't know. I guess that's their white privilege. Like we have that dialogue. So I don't think that you should, you know, uh, think of it that way. I mean, I appreciate that, but I mean, if, if I was, <laughs> I appreciate that concern that if you put on the blues, like you're gonna be like, damn, Reggie, is that okay? Can I play that? I appreciate it, but man, I you know I curse your ass off with that shit. Man, fucking play the shit. Now right. sing along. I said, okay, so since you're worried about it, sing along with the words. Now if you don't know the words, I call your ass a fucking. Uh, I say you're patronizing me. <laughs> right? No, I you don't know the words. You just playing this shit here, and no, you fucking doing the mashed potato and shit because you think right. that that's something that I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be a problem. No, I but mean, you shouldn't worry about stuff like that. You know I, your friends. I, I know people that. Man, they just blues is like a, a it's its own separate thing. Yeah, and not a lot of people know it. No, and even though I don't know, like most of the people, sometimes it's just like if you come to my house and I have that on. Sometimes I am worried that like some of the shit is just you shouldn't. You, you know, shouldn't. It's I, interesting I that know. you feel that way because I don't know many of my friends that feel that way. You know what I mean? But it's interesting to have this dialogue because I, I, I didn't know, because like what you're saying, like you represent a lot of white people that feel that way, that that do feel like, okay, I wonder how they taking this shit. But Yeah, like I wonder if it is. Uh, no. Uh, you, you know, I had a, had a friend of mine tell me a uh, long time ago, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up with this. Uh, he, uh, like I, older guy, and good guy to me, but later I found out he was kind of a piece of shit. But anyway, <laughs> good guy to me, and uh, fucking love country music. Mm-hmm. Black guy. And people would come up to him in the restaurant or in the bar and tell him shit like, I love Otis Redding, man, and I, I love B.B. Uh, uh, King and yeah. all this shit. Yeah. And he's like, Go fuck yourself. Mm. I like Travis Tritt. I like Hank Williams. I like uh, Garth Brooks. Told him to go fuck himself? Well, he, he, he was like, don't patronize me. I don't listen to blues. I listen to country music. Oh, wow. I got fucking boots and a fucking plaid shirt and a belt buckle. Well, you know, I'm going like, to tell you this. Don't here. fucking patronize me. I'm going to tell you this. If a white person... If a white person walked up to me and told me, hey, just meeting me, hey, I listen to Snoop Dogg. Right. Then I'm going to spit in his face. Right. Like, because I'm going to take it that way. That's the fucking, I mean, you assume that I listen to Snoop Dogg and Dogg? <laughs> like, like, that's offensive. Right. But if I walk to one of my white friends' house, if I go to one of my white friends' house and they're playing blues or some shit like that, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, you, you patronize. No, not at all. Right. I'm going to be like, what the hell you know about that? What you know about B.B. King, Little Milton, Denise right. LaSalle? What you know about right. that? Right, right. You know, I'm going to be impressed. B.B. King is the only name I 
You just you picked off of that. that. <laughs> yeah. no. But okay, but respect, respect. Okay, you're honest with that shit. Yeah. You know, you didn't just nod your head like, yeah, Denise LaSalle. No. I like that. Like, no, you didn't do that. It comes on the satellite. Yeah. I got the TV off and it just plays. Yeah. And I fucking love it. Well, I can respect that. I, what I can't respect is somebody white that I don't know. He could be a fucking Hispanic that I don't know, just walking up to me. Hey, it's a black guy, and I'm the only black person in this party, in this room, and you walk up and just assume, you just name yeah. something black. Hey, James Brown, get down! <laughs> what the fuck that's supposed to yeah. mean? Of, of course, I, I I don't know. I guess it's not what you do, is how you do it. You right. know what I mean? If yeah. I get in your car, if I hop in your car, and you got all of this stuff right here, why would I take that as, I um, mean, this is good music, it's worldwide. Right. Why would I take that as um, you know, you're patronizing me? I don't know. Some I I, I wouldn't take it that way. I honestly right. wouldn't. But then again, I'm like, like I'm 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 me. I'm not like anybody else. I don't know. Some black people are very sensitive about that shit. Some white people are very do, sensitive. Do you do you enjoy uh because you're a comic, do you enjoy exposing uh this kind of stuff? On stage, I love it because it is awkward. I love it. Like two things, and we, we talked about this uh, in our private conversations. Race and religion, I love talking about them because people don't want to talk about it. Yeah, they it's it's too touchy. I love it. I love it. I love the reaction that people get because I go there. Right, I fucking go there. If that makes. When I'm writing these jokes, I'm not thinking, okay, this is I'm writing this to get the shock value. It's funny to me. I, you know, I right. like to talk about stuff like that. It is. And funny. when those punchlines hit, and I get that reaction from people, white or black, and they're like, "Oh shit," you know, it's like it's it's a good it's a payoff because after the show, they're shaking my hand. They have this expression like like. I keep like like wow you went there right but I don't go in there with the intention of okay I'm gonna hit I'm it's gonna be a shock value right. I don't I don't go there with that intention it's just that's just like what people get out of it like damn he actually went there I that's what comedians do we yeah, go yeah. there that's what a good a good comic do right we 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 go there if that makes you uncomfortable that's one thing because I've made people uncomfortable and people that can actually take a joke that don't have a stick shoved up their ass they actually appreciate that shit like yeah. <laughs> that was good like wow I can't believe you said that that's a reaction that I like right but it's funny as long as it's funny as long as it's funny Reggie I, ho- I hope this was funny and uh, I can't believe you came back for a second time man I really appreciate man, it man this is fun bro this is fun I'm learning it man this is yeah. good <laughs> we'll have to do it again yeah absolutely man thanks All for right, having Reggie. me thank you All right. Ladies and gentlemen, great guy, great conversation. Always enjoy talking to him. And uh, it's interesting since uh, since we started doing these podcasts. Every now and then, I'll get a call from Reggie and uh, about a piece of news or something that he's seen. And uh, he'll just call and say, uh, "Charles, what the what the hell do you think of this?" And we'll wind up having a forty five minute conversation about some topics in the world. 
And uh, I really appreciate that because uh, it's hard to find people that have a view of the world or at least interested in the world and are open to different points of view. And uh, I definitely see Reggie as, as one of those types of cats. And uh, I think it comes across in his comedy and in the types of uh, films that he makes himself. And uh, you should follow him. Check him out on Instagram, his IMDb, all of that good stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Baton Rouge native, really making the push, uh, making good. And uh, just a fun guy to talk to. I hope you enjoyed this one. And we'll be back very soon on the SNS podcast. Please subscribe to us uh, or like the page on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter, Charles Turo at SNS Pod. And uh, we'll be back real soon. Send us an email too. Let me know what you think about the show and uh, any way that you think we can improve or what type of guest you'd like to have on the show. Until next time, folks. Thanks for listening. Much appreciated. And we'll see you very soon.